King Charles has been officially crowned and the people of the Commonwealth have mostly returned to their daily lives. But the momentous event has once again sparked questions about whether Canada needs to be tied to the monarchy at all. I'm Dave Breckenridge and this is 10-3. National Post reporter Joseph Breen joins me to discuss what Canadians feel about the monarchy, why there are compelling reasons to end ties to the crown, but ultimately why it's not likely to happen. Don't forget you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, Amazon Music. I'd love it if you could leave us a rating, a review, and tell your friends about the show. So, Joe, the big event has happened. King Charles was officially crowned over the weekend, and it kind of brings to an end this period, you know, since Queen Elizabeth's death and his ascension from Prince Charles to King Charles and now his coronation, where, you know, we have a new sovereign for the Commonwealth, including Canada. And and for years, there seemed to be a lot of talk about the ascension of Prince Charles to the throne, but it was always in terms of why perhaps he shouldn't be king, what his downsides were, why we should all prepare maybe for a quick abdication and the coronation of King William. But that hasn't been the case, uh, both after the death of Queen Elizabeth and in the lead up to King Charles' coronation, has it? Like that hasn't been the topic that's kind of been top of mind the last few months. You'd think it's the moment when the iron is hot for the anti-monarchists to strike. You're absolutely right. People have been saying this for as long as people can remember. The queen was popular. People liked her personally. The whole institution seemed to float on her personal charisma and her connection to the Second World War and to all the events in between. People uh, came to see her as a stable force in their own lives and and Charles had uh, has a, a much worse reputation for people who remember Diana he was the villain of, of of that piece along with his family and so his his coronation has always seemed to loom like a crisis for the institution almost that that it was going to be a funeral for the whole thing and you're right people would talk about well, what are what are the ways that we can get around this unpopular king? Would he recognize that in some bout of self-awareness that people don't like him and step aside for his similarly stiff eldest son, William? And I think that's kind of to misunderstand the institution, that this is a guy who's waited his entire life for a job. He's not gonna he's not gonna throw it away lightly. And it also shows something, I think, about Canadians and how they think about it, which is that we don't really think about it until we're forced to in moments like a coronation. This is the common anti-monarchist view that that Canadians would reject this archaic institution if they ever paid it more than passing attention. But they don't pay it more than passing attention, so they never formally reject it. It's like a soft republicanism. It, uh, It only really comes out when you press us. And on the coronation day, there was all sorts of snarky, snide, sneering about the silliness of it all. But that was one day on social media and in the newspaper. It doesn't make for a takedown of the market. Yeah, and I, you know, in in a way, it was kind of surprising, as you say. Like when we're forced to pay attention to it, we may have strong feelings about it. But that's not how it's played out in Canada, has it? Like what what have you noticed about the general? groundswell of anti-monarchist sentiment in Canada 
around the coronation? Is it as you expected or kind of muted? Make no mistake, this country doesn't really like that institution, right? I mean, if you poll widely, we've seen a few polls and I've, I've reported on a couple of them that come out in, in the last uh, month or so, and you get a very strong anti-monarchist bent. And it's, it's like I say, when you ask people what they think, they think, well, that's ridiculous. But if you were to live your life in Canada and try not to think about the, the monarchy, there are very few circumstances that force you to. Uh, if you're in the military, perhaps you have to do some regimental posting and stuff. If you're a new Canadian and you become a citizen, you have to swear an oath. Otherwise, it's just on the money it doesn't really come up until pollsters ask or until there's a coronation. And then certainly we get very strong anti-monarchy results. Perhaps not enough that a referendum is a sure thing, but you get a solid half of people who say that we should get rid of uh, what what is often called a a foreign king. One one poll that I uh, saw recently, quite quite um, uh, quite large poll, broke it down like this: that five percent of Canadians are committed royalists. That's a one person in twenty. That's not a lot. About nine percent are mainstream monarchists. See the flaws, like it fine, but you know, don't really think about it. Twenty six are neutral pragmatists, kind of don't rock the boat type people. Thirty two percent are modern Republicans who want to change it to become a, a republic, and 28% are angry abolitionists. Now, in that picture, that is weighted heavily towards the get-rid-of-it side, and yet it's hard to imagine what would push that beyond occasional griping when the monarchy is in the news. I mean, if you didn't get rid of it because of Charles... I call him this the jug-eared environmentalist adulterer. Like, if if the personal failings of this guy isn't enough to make people reject it, it's hard to imagine William's going to mess it up quite so badly. Although, you know, there is still time. Why is that? Like, despite this weak overall support for the monarchy in Canada and the fact that we're probably not big fans of Charles as our king... Why do we stick with it? Is it is it just that it's too hard to do away with? Is it so ingrained in our DNA as a country, in, like in, in the political structure of, of how we exist, that it would be too hard to do it? Well, you know, it, like it's hard to appeal to our, our nature without bringing in all kinds of, 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 of politics and assumptions. But in a way, a constitutional monarchy is, is who we are. The Canadian present is is the outcome of the past, and it is as it was. And if we were creating Canada from scratch now, of course we wouldn't have a, a monarch. But that's not quite what's going on. We are being asked what we think of the way it has always been, and people will always complain, but changing it's another story. One issue is that the alternatives are at least vague, and possibly somehow menacing. We look to America for comparison sometimes. It's a republic that sometimes almost seems to elect kings. So you get all the personal reverence of an individual head of state, but with none of that 
historical continuity. And one of the historians I, I, I spoke to in researching these public attitudes gave, gave the observation that the monarchy looks better the closer you look at it, that uh, you realize that no matter what our politicians get up to, there is always a higher authority that they serve. And some people think that that higher authority should be domestic, should be Canadian alone. Um, that's the thing with higher authorities. You don't always get to pick. It's embedded in how we think of our politics. Uh, it's embedded in how we run our democracy. You can go back as far as, uh, you know, I, I find it interesting that the this monarchy has been abolished before. The English did it even before the French. They 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 executed Charles the first and they they did it for you know comparable reasons for why people want to get rid of the monarchy today and the history over the following years um, as they saw France descend into imperial rule and beat Napoleon in the name of the king I think that embedded the crown deeply into how how uh, our political forebears think of uh, of stability and of continuity. There's uh, one historian, David Canadine, once called the monarchy irresistibly irrelevant, that it, uh, it doesn't drive politics, but it supports it. We'll be right back. Now, one of the issues that comes up every now and then when we talk about the monarchy in Canada is, you know, it, it costs us money. It costs Canadians money. Why should we fund these rich, spoiled aristocrats, royals across the sea? Is the monarchy all that expensive to Canadians? So, I mean, I think that's a bit of a, a misconception that it's expensive to Canadians in that we fund their lavish lifestyle. It's important to remember that the Windsors are already rich with effectively their own money and that they're well taken care of in England and Scotland and uh, the places where they they live. The expenses of having a king and of course all of the viceregal authorities that we have in Canada, our lieutenant governors, our governor general, those those are costs, and we encounter costs for the monarchy, you know, on the occasional royal visit, of course, and in the operation of those viceregal offices and institutions. But I think it's important to remember that, you know, heads of state aren't free anyway, and that if we were to replace the king with something else, there would be expenses for that office as well. It's not as if we send tribute uh, from the tax revenue to, to you know, fund fund the horses and, and pageantry in uh, in England. We pay for stuff, but we pay locally. So we, I know that the notion of keeping the monarchy tied to tradition in Canada and all of this, but when it comes to reasons to reject the monarchy, what are some of the ones that make sense or that you know that experts would say? Yeah, that's actually probably a good reason. Well, I'd break it down in into three. One is, one is that it's simply archaic. Uh, it's just a, a holdover from ancient ways of arranging our societies according to, you know, primogenitor and hereditary authority and, and the divine right and God giving 
power to a king and how it descends from there down to the people. Um, That's not how we think about politics today. Another important one is that it is a colonial relic. It's not just old, but it's old from a system that engaged in imperial plunder uh, and, and maltreatment of people around the world, from India to Australia to Canada, and that to uh, certainly to force people into allegiance to that institution. I, I spoke to one military man who had long objected to uh, the the toasting of the queen that goes on. Uh, he was at Royal Military College and and also served in Afghanistan. He objected to this, and and his superiors were having it at all. And he in fact lost twice at court when he tried to push the matter. But he's an Irishman, and he's an Irish Canadian, and he knows that his ancestors were uh, treated very badly by the English crown. So for some people, for anyone who recognizes those horrors of uh, historical English and British imperialism, that's another thing. And lastly, it's hard to rebut the claim that it's just kind of ridiculous. Uh, you've got a man in a funny hat. You've got you've got all these all this pageantry, which when we look closely, there are reasons for it all, and there's history and so on. But you know, this is a ancient chair and a lavish oil made in Jerusalem from all of these fancy herbs that are meant to uh, to anoint this. Um, this old man as everybody's head of state. And I think, I, I, I think even in the event this year in, in the coronation, I, I think I got the sense that Charles was, was making an effort to kind of tone down some of that stuff because the reverence really can sometimes seem ridiculous. At the end of the day, do people here like the Royals? I know you talk about, there's like not a ton of support for the monarchy in Canada, but do people actually like the Windsors. I mean, I suppose that's a personal judgment, and you get all kinds of different. It's 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 a great dinner table conversation to see who hates who. I was interested in the view of of, of Tom Frieda of Citizens for a Canadian Republic, who's probably the leading anti-monarchist uh, spokesperson in in Canada, and he has an interesting view that that I appreciated because he thinks the royals themselves are kind of stuck in this like the rest of us. He calls them trained seals who are trotted out for the performances, but he does so in a sympathetic way. And I, I appreciate what he he means. He His anti-monarchism is more principled. It's against the colonial relic of this institution. It's not against the people. Um, that they more or less comport themselves as other public figures do and their fortunes rise and fall and, and whatever. But I do think... A lot of this is driven by personal views of individual people. And I think the popularity of the Queen is an important part of that. And the unpopularity of Charles uh, seemed to present a moment where whether people like the King actually matters. I've been struck by how much people hate Harry, to be honest. I think some of that is brought on by his own cringy oversharing with the all the interviews that he's been doing and so on, but there is truly 
a vicious turn against him. And I wonder, like, even more so than Andrew, who's demonstrably morally worse. Um, People do feel strongly about these people, but they feel about them in the way that they feel about celebrities. Uh, And I don't know that much hangs on it. So I I think if you press the Canadians on whether they like the Royals, you probably get numbers pretty similar to whether they like the monarchy, which is that they just don't think about them very much. And when they do, they don't much like what they see. If we wanted to go down the road of doing away with our ties to the British crown, what would it take? Would it take a referendum? Could the government of the day make that move on their own? I, I assume it would have to take opening the constitution again, like what, what all would be involved here? So my view, and this is informed by asking that very question to a lot of different people, is that I think it would take some kind of society shaking crisis that we struggle currently to imagine. Uh, some sort of major shift in, in the socioeconomic order that makes abolition seem urgent and necessary. And I don't think we're near that now. I think these public opinion polls have been steady for quite some time. And even with about half of the people saying that they would reject it if they were ever asked, that is clearly not enough because there's no action on this file. In some ways, the easy bit is the constitutional amendment, because we at least know what that looks like. I, I learned something in my reporting that, that I didn't know. I, I thought you had to do the general amending formula where you have to get the House of Commons and the Senate and, and seven of the provinces representing half the population. Turns out it's much more strict than that. Turns out to change the monarchy, you need House of Commons, you need Senate, and you need unanimous provinces. You need every single province to vote to abolish. So that's 10 ways for it to fail. But, I mean, that, that that's, e- that's easy compared to some of the other things we'd have to do in order to, to abolish it, even before we think about what might be in its place. Canada has a long history of failing its Indigenous peoples. And the treaties that exist over much of Canada are not between First Nations and Canada. They're they're between First Nations and the Crown. And that can seem like a technical distinction, but if you want to renegotiate them or reframe them in, in a new Canadian Republic, I think we're well beyond a simple referendum question and a few parliamentary votes. I mean, the, the Crown has been around for quite a bit longer than Canada has. One thing to, to consider is not just how long the monarchy will be around, but how long Canada will be around. I mean, if you're a First Nation in Quebec, you've already worried about Quebec separatism. If you already have an agreement with a centuries-old institution, you might hesitate to, to simply go along with a quick rejection of it. But like I say, I, I, the one overarching theme in all these polls, too, that sometimes gets ignored is where people prioritize this. And you get about 80% who say clearly that Canada has more important things to worry about. We've got, we've got every kind of crisis you can think of in this country. Housing, opioids, you know, inflation, all these other things that, 
that dominate politics and and that problem solvers want to you know handle and get get a grip on every single time monarchy is well down that list and i don't think that budges until something happens that i myself can't foresee or imagine and you know now that the the coronation has actually happened and and i imagine that things may settle down but despite that fascinating conversation it's I, I know a topic that's at the core of what we are as a as a nation uh even if if many canadians don't keep it top of mind joe thanks for your time you're very welcome it's been fun 10-3 is produced by tyler dawson theme music by bryce hall thanks to my guest joseph breen more from him at nationalpost.com i'm dave breakenridge thanks for listening mm-hmm.